if we disagree with the State Department line, well, we're opposing American policy. Therefore, we're propagandists and we need to be countered by our own government. That, if that's not chilling, I, I don't know what is. You're listening to The Corbett Report. Welcome, friends. James Corbett here at CorbettReport.com. Today is the 8th of March, 2018, and we are honored to be joined by Daniel McAdams, who I'm sure a lot of my audience will know as the co-host of the Ron Paul Liberty Report with, of course, Dr. Ron Paul at the Ron Paul Institute. Uh, Mr. McAdams, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It's great to be with you, James. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, as I say, I'm sure a lot of my audience will already be familiar with the Ron Paul Liberty Report and the work that you're doing there. Uh, and if you're not, please do subscribe to that channel and watch uh, on a daily basis as you go through the foreign policy stories and other stories that actually matter in American politics. But of course, do so in the knowledge that when you do so, you will be supporting Russian propagandists and trolls. Of course, <laughs> as right. we all know, the big Russiagate narrative uh, busted out in the last couple of years has identified the Ron Paul Institute as a major source of Russian propaganda, along with the Corbett Report, which of course also made that prop or not list a couple of years ago by the anonymous cowards who will not say anything about their methodology or why they are label, uh, trying to label people as traitors and treasonous and all of this. Um, but I think we know the story behind it. And just to add an interesting piece to this puzzle, recently on the Ron Paul Liberty Report, Dan, you were covering behind the State Department's $40 million troll farm, talking about something called the Global Engagement Center. Tell us what we know about this Global Engagement Center and the work that it does. Well, like most evil things, I think, in the U.S. government, it came about ultimately through the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. As, as you no doubt remember, James, that gave us uh, targeted assassinations of American citizens, uh, uh, de uh, unlimited detention without trial, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So this was an initiative by the Obama administration to primarily at the time to counter uh, jihadist propaganda, because we were all, as you know, rushing James to fight the jihad uh, <laughs> without. And when the State Department said, hang on, uh, stop doing that. And we said, oh, OK, we get it now. But um, but seriously, that was the idea, uh, you know, to, to counter ISIS propaganda and counter Al Qaeda propaganda. Uh, but now, you know, uh, with the new with the new defense strategy that uh, that Secretary Mattis uh, put out earlier this year, we have realized now that. Actually, you know, this past 13 years or so of fighting uh, al-Qaeda, uh, we're not doing that anymore. Now the enemy is China and Russia. And so the uh, this Global Engagement Center has got a shot in the arm because, surprise, surprise, the Pentagon has given it a financial shot in the arm in the to the tune of an additional $40 million uh, to primarily focus on countering Chinese and Russian propaganda. Yes, and just to point out the irony there for anyone that uh, that may have uh, alluded, the idea that this was created to counter ISIS and Al-Qaeda terrorist propaganda and is now being used against those dastardly Russians is particularly funny, in or ironic at least, in the sense that, of course, it was the Russians and the Syrians and the Ira Iranians and Iraqis who were responsible for routing and, and getting rid of ISIS. So... That that I mean I think the irony there shouldn't be lost on anyone. But let's let's get deeper into the woods here. So what does it mean 
that the State Department is going to be attempting to, or is already, countering propaganda online. What form does that take, and what does that imply for uh, the information that, or disinformation that we're seeing in the online space? Well, I think for a few reasons we should find it extremely chilling. First of all, what qualifications does the State Department or any government agency have to determine what is foreign propaganda? If I'm a person in the State Department and I'm involved in a particular U.S. government policy, say it's uh, support for a certain political party in, in Eastern Europe or something uh, or opposition to, and there's a, a media outlet like the Corbett Report or somewhere else that's skeptical about this, uh, you're countering, uh, you're going, you're opposing a State Department policy. Uh, therefore, you could easily be labeled pushing foreign propaganda. Uh, after all, the Russians may also agree with you that this party or this movement is good or bad. So the whole idea that there's a government agency out there that will determine not which not which other government entities, but which private entities, American entities, American alternative news sources. If we disagree with the State Department line, well, we're opposing American policy. Therefore, we're propagandists and we need to be countered by our own government. That if that's not chilling, I, I don't know what is. It it is the the definition of chilling in in my opinion. But at least there's the fig leaf that well, you're you're Americans in America, so theoretically the State Department can't really be doing anything against you, right? It's only against foreign propagandists like Canadians in Japan, like myself. Well, you can be you can be slimed, you can be slammed, you can be defamed. You can be as prop or not. We don't know what their source is. We don't know if they're a bunch of CIA guys. We have no idea who they are. Uh, but they call us Russian propagandists. They hurt our bottom line. You know, as Trotsky said, uh, to oppose the state is to die of slow starvation. You know, that's how they kill you. They kill your ability to make a living doing what you're doing. And that is what they're doing. And look at the major uh, media companies, the major social media companies. Google is in bed with the Pentagon. Amazon is in bed with the Pentagon. Uh, you know, Facebook is, has close ties to the government. So they can use these tools to simply make us disappear, to put us in a virtual gulag. And, and James, I don't know about your numbers, but frankly, I'll be honest with you, our numbers have, have significantly declined this year. And it's not because we're putting out less cutting-edge material. If anything, I think we're doing better than ever uh, telling the truth about our U.S. foreign policy. Uh, but somehow something is happening with algorithms uh, I don't know what it is, uh, but we are being uh, shadow banned, uh, and uh, I think we can attribute it to U.S. government involvement. Yes. Well, I can attest, yes, the Corbett Report, and I know other sites that were on that proper not hit list um, have been targeted and are absolutely losing Google search traffic, and that is continuing as they continue to adjust their algorithms. None of this should be particularly surprising to my viewers who I hope recently saw my recent report on the weaponization of social media and the admitted use of uh, governments and militaries around the world, a use of social media, often in covert means, um, using covert agents, not identifying themselves as working for the uh, the government as being as spreading information or disinformation online. So this is not a new phenomenon, but it is worrying, and it is part of this broader Russiagate fabric that is being woven right now. And as you say, it brings in things like proper not and Hamilton sixty eight, which I know you go into your in in your report on the uh, Liberty Report about this topic. Tell us a little bit about Hamilton sixty eight, what it does, and who founded it. 
This is extraordinarily important because it's part of the German Marshall Fund, which is largely funded by the U.S. government. So this is the U.S. government funding an organization. Hamilton 68 is a dashboard for your Internet to let you know what the Russians want you to think about. So presumably you think about something else uh, or else. Uh, but the whole idea is part of an organization within the German Marshall Fund that's headed up by people like Mike Morrell. Mike Morrell is a pissed off guy because he was going to be the head of the CIA under Clinton. You know, he was the acting uh, CIA director under Obama, and he was going to be he was going to be tapped to be CIA head. And doggone it, how dare Trump win deprives him of his of his, of his you know the highlight, the peak of his career. But it's not only neocons like Morrell. Uh, it's Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal is being his organization is being funded by the U.S. government to tell the rest of us who's propaganda and who's not. This guy with a track record of zero being right about anything, but with an enormous neocon agenda. These are the people behind the scenes who are being entrusted with telling the Americans what they're allowed to watch and what they're not allowed to watch. And uh, uh, James, I'm sure you've probably looked at it. The other characters involved in Hamilton 68 are just as bad. Chertov, uh, this creep who made a fortune uh, selling junky uh, metal detectors to the airports after he created the phony uh, uh, color-coded uh, uh, terror alert to terrify everyone. Uh, so this is a really uh, this is a very dangerous uh, uh, partnership between the nonprofit, uh, non non-government sector and the government itself. Absolutely. And all of those characters uh, definitely need uh, more a scru uh, scrutiny and examination. And for people who are interested, just type in Chertoff Rapiscan into the Corporate Report search bar and you'll find my previous reports on that swindle and all of these other characters. Bill Crystal, of course, should be laughed off the face of the planet by his, uh, I mean, at, probably should be behind bars, but at any rate should be laughed off the face of the planet for the, uh, the, the, the predictions about the Iraq war and how all that was going to, to pan out. And of course, people are still listening to him because now the new narrative is that we are back in the Cold War. It is, it is head-scratching from a sane perspective, but I know that things have become insane in the American political context over the last couple of years, and up is down, black is white, uh, left is right. All of this craziness has uh, turned the, the, the board topsy-turvy and people don't know what to do. And a lot of people are starting to uh, believe in these intelligence agencies that they once derided. And all of these things are, are now, we're, we're now seeing this. So I guess the question is, what do we what do we do about this? Is there an effective way to counter this disinformation campaign that's now being waged against essentially the independent alternative media um, on behalf of the U.S. government? It's, you know, it's difficult, James, because I, sometimes I imagine myself as, as a guy sitting in, in Germany in the early 30s and seeing all this mass insanity around me, people that are mobilizing in favor of this failed Austrian painter who promises them greatness and glory. But the only thing keeping them from it are these wreckers, are these, uh, these different groups of subhumans. And thinking to myself, something is wrong. Things are going nuts. Uh, this is crazy. What do I do? And I think we do have, we all have that feeling. Uh, and it is very difficult. I think the only thing we can do is try to fight through it, try to convince people. And I think we do have allies on the left and the right. They're fewer and further between than they had once been. Uh, but you've probably seen there's a great article by, by Matt Taibbi in Rolling Stone a couple of days ago. Uh, and he's certainly no friend of Putin. Uh, he knows about Russia because he lived there, but he's certainly no friend of Putin. And he's talking about 
how this Russiagate is being used to silence dissent uh, in, in the U.S. And I think that is the key. Uh, the Ron Paul Institute, you know, we are absolutely transparent in our philosophical orientation. We're opposed to an aggressive U.S. military empire overseas. It's legitimate as an American, as a patriotic American, to have that view and to push that view. That's what it's all about. There are no hidden agendas. You know, Ron Paul has a track record of, what, 40 or 50 years of public, uh, of public education on the topic. So, but all of a sudden, this this thing we've been doing for decades is now something uh, that is suspicious, and it is, uh, uh, you know, something to be to struggled against. So, uh, the short answer to your long question, uh, to my long answer to your short question, is we've got to keep fighting and doing the best, and hoping the insanity passes. I think that is all we can do is continue to spread the real information because I do have faith that when people encounter truth, they recognize it for what it is. And when they encounter lies, they know that something is wrong and they can sense it deep down inside. And that's why we have to continue spreading this information while we still can in the way we still can, even on the controlled platforms, the Googles and Facebooks and Twitters, because that's where we reach the people who most are in need of this information. So my hat's off to you for continuing to do that work with the Ron Paul Liberty Report, with the Ron Paul Institute. Tell people about the work that you do and uh, how they can access it. Well, uh, we do a daily uh, YouTube, live YouTube at noon Eastern U.S. time, uh, youtube.com slash Ron Paul Liberty Report. Uh, we also have the Ron Paul Institute, ronpaulinstitute.org, where we publish and republish plenty of articles, thousands of articles a year, uh, plenty of uh, original material, we have big conferences every year in Washington, D.C. They're usually sold out. Great speakers. Last year we had Julian Assange as one of our speakers. So we are developing a beyond left-right movement to oppose the U.S. military empire that is threatening us at home, bankrupting us at home, and making us hated overseas. It's so important that we do reach across whatever phony political spectrum aisles have been built up in people's mind, because this is more important than any of that. This truly, especially with this uh, warmongering against the other major nuclear superpower in the world, there's nothing more important than this. Potentially, it could be the end of human, the human species uh, as it exists. I mean, it, there is no way of overstating the importance of this and the stupidity of this warmongering that's going on right now and people falling for it. So again, I will direct people to ronpaulinstitute.org so they can find out more about this and the work that you're doing there. Daniel McAdams, I think we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, James. I'm a huge fan of your work. The Federal Reserve, the heart of the American banking system. For over 100 years, it has operated in the shadows, controlling America's money supply in total secrecy. So all that information is available uh, in our commercial paper program. And who got the money? Hundreds and hundreds of banks, any bank or that has uh, access to the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve's discount. Tell us who they are. No. Until now. 100 years ago, in 1913, the Fed was created. Fractional reserve banking. The legal authority to do it. Takeover of monetary policy. Are conducted by the Federal Reserve Banks. They are banks. There is no other agency of government which can overrule actions that we take. Century of Enslavement. The History of the Federal Reserve. 
Watch the documentary for free at corporatereport.com slash Federal Reserve and purchase a copy on DVD to help support the Corbett Report today.